0: Because there's watching basketball, and then there's watching basketball while you're on Twitter.
1: Welcome to Spinsters, a podcast where we know that winter will eventually end, both literally and metaphorically. Thank you for having me here. Uh, I am Josh Gondelman. I am a comedian. I've written a book called Nice Try, an essay collection. I'm the head writer and an executive producer at Jesus and Marrow on Showtime. I've done a bunch of other stuff. I'm a wait, wait, don't tell me panelist. I don't know what the spinsters wait, wait crossover is, but I think it might just be me. But um, I'm so thrilled to be here and and talk hoops.
0: Thank you. And also, you're Did you say you're a Boston Celtics fan? Boston
1: Celtics fan, of course. That's not usually in my intro, but it is relevant for this.
0: (laughs) It is relevant for this. Yes. Um, Also relevant that you live in Brooklyn because we are going to be talking
1: about Brooklyn a lot. Yes. I live... um, I was like I'll I will say walking distance to the Barclays Center.
0: Have you been to a game? I
1: have. The last game I went to was right before that the Omicron wave hit New York and people were like, You can't go see basketball anymore. And I saw them beat the Raptors in overtime with KD being like going kind of nuclear in the beginning of um of overtime. And it was a really fun, exciting game.
0: Uh yeah, they would love to have some more of those soon. Seriously? Whenever <laughs> whenever they can, that would be great because they are currently on an 8 game losing streak. Um which in basketball terms is not good. <laughs> and they are playing your Boston Celtics Tuesday. Tuesday night. The day that this airs.
1: I'm yes. I feel and this is uh it's been a while, but I feel optimism about this game because the Celtics For the first even half of the season, let's say, they were really – the expression, I guess, is like playing down, not just to teams with, with less talent, but teams with like both stars, like playing the Clippers with no Kawhi and no Paul George and just getting beaten soundly. And it just felt like there was no consistency of, of being able to predict how the team would play. And it was a lot of injuries, you know, and under a new coach. But I think now the Celtics are in a real streak of like beating te- less talented teams very soundly and teams that are good with injured stars. Like they really crushed the Bulls without uh, Zach Levine and, and you know, the injured uh, Alex Crusoe and, and Lonzo Ball. But that was a game that would have been in doubt a month and a half ago <laughs> still.
2: When your business is starting its championship run, nothing matters more than finding and hiring the best team. With Indeed, you have the power to build a dynasty by hiring more MVPs faster. Go to Indeed.com slash to claim your $75 credit before March
0: 31st. 100%. I also think that the Celtics have found, um, I don't want to say stability because I feel like I'm going to jinx something or maybe add too much confidence where there shouldn't be, but the Celtics have found a lot of stability in defense. Yes.
1: And so I think this, I think people were kind of beating up on them a little too much earlier in the year because the defense shaped up pretty quickly, like after the first 10 games. And I think like when people were like, ah, they're just like not competitive out there, their defense was top 10. And I think you can't accidentally have a good defense. You know what I mean? Like you, it's just not something that happens by accident. It is a high effort side of the ball. You just like, don't mm-hmm. fall into holding your opponents under 80 points a couple times. Even when the opponents are bad, you have to like try because the other teams are always good enough to score 85 points <laughs> in an NBA game. So I think people were like a little too hard on the roster and on coach Ime Udoka for like, the the team like not being as competitive when it was like some rough fourth quarters but overall the defense the defense has been good and now it's like excellent especially because they've been playing some teams without a lot of um uh guys that are good at shooting basketballs
0: (laughs) (laughs) which is nice yeah that's always a nice break um also important in basketball Mm -hmm. i think you're so right about the defense being a mark of you have to know that this team is at least organized in some way and has discipline in some Mm -hmm. way. The biggest uh, red flag for the Lakers, I think is that their defense, they weren't able to carry over the defense, right? Because even when they had huge troubles, it was, they always had that to fall back on um, and carry them through the season. But you're right. It's like, a synchronized dance whereas on offense you'd also like that sometimes but you can freestyle <laughs> but you cannot get away with freestyle on defense. Right, exactly. Um, you have
1: to be all playing together. You can't like lean on even like when you think about the those great uh those excellent jazz defenses from a couple of years ago and as much credit as Rudy Gobert deserves, it's like not like everyone else has to buy in. You can't just be one guy. <laughs> and, and whereas exactly. one person getting super hot can win you a game on offense.
0: Yeah, exactly. Unless you have like three giant men like the Cavs do. And then you have three last lines of defense. (laughs) You can be
2: a little
1: bit more flexible. There's like the last line of defense, the the penultimate line of defense, and the anti-penultimate line of defense. (laughs) Yeah,
0: And then the pilot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Can we start calling Evan Mobley the penultimate line of defense? That's a catchy nickname, right? (laughs) that is.
0: (laughs) Most people get good nicknames like the general or whatever. Da, da, da. He's the penultimate the,
1: the general, that's the guy he played on, uh with Shaq on those early odds teams, right?
0: It's I was trying to think of typical nicknames and for some reason the general hit me. <laughs> so I don't know like where
1: <laughs> a two foot tall animated insurance salesman. Yeah. <laughs> um no but I do I do those
0: commercials. I- I've- Those commercials I thought were like just a thing in my childhood and the bonding that I felt with everybody when I realized that this was not a unique experience and they also consumed content from this very short white mustached man mm-hmm. who just wanted to protect you and your family was <laughs> a huge relief.
1: Well, when he made friends of the shack, that was like when Pete Davidson started dating Ariana Grande, like it really raised the general's profile
0: became tabloid fodder. (laughs) Do you think that's when Pete Davidson became the sensation he is today I Sensation's think, not the right word but I guess the amount of celebrity he is today I do think that raised his celebrity
1: profile and that's not not a slight against his talent or accomplishments right like he'd been on Saturday Night Live for years but I feel like he was just in the public eye in a different way and then um did the movie with Judd Apatow King of Staten Island so it's like it, it's it's not like that's the only thing that that made him famous but it definitely it felt like Oh, he he went from like guy that we all know about to like guy that is constantly in the news for like walking down the street in a hooded sweatshirt.
0: But what I want to talk to you about is James Harden. I well, okay, I just I'm I'm like still catching up on what exactly is wrong today, but it seems like it's just an exacerbated amount of wrong from the last time I checked in on him, which was Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, Today is Monday. We're recording on a Monday. This weekend, I went to Joshua Tree, and I did not consume any James Harden content. So I was catching up with him this morning, and when I left, I knew that he was unhappy. There were rumors that he might want to leave, and then everyone was saying, no, he's not going to leave now. He's going to wait to leave um, because the Nets still have a chance at the championship. Um, Now there are all these rumors that the James Harden for Ben Simmons trade could be like the actual thing happening um for ben simmons and for james harden i just don't feel like for either of them that's gonna work out right now (laughs) this seems like a down the line type of thing yeah if you're the nets i just absolutely do not know why you would go along with this right now if you're james harden i don't know why you'd want to go along with this right now
1: yeah it seems what are your thoughts on like all of this it seems like total chaos to introduce Ben Simmons onto your basketball team at this point. And there are some teams that could like use some chaos, right? Like some teams have been too steadily on the track that they're on. And like, sure, it's worth, uh, it's worth rolling the dice. Um, and then, but like the Brooklyn Nets don't need new chaos, (laughs) right? They have so many chaotic elements on their team to begin with
0: they need significantly less chaos. Yes, they needed to be reduced. Um, first and foremost, probably Kyrie Irving, I would say. If you are Kevin Durant and you're surrounded with James Harden, who you know wants to leave, all of these things have been trickling back in. These like, uh, almost maybe if you're like a, a fan or if you watched the Rockets PTSD things that you saw him doing last time when he wanted to leave Mm -hmm. Houston, like the defense is no longer really happening. Um, He's kind of going back to his stereotype of like very low effort (laughs) on that end. He's not really doing much off the ball. Um, It's getting very, I am going to say Russ like, because I just heard this comparison on a podcast um, that I'm trying to get on my mind. And while he's in this current mode, I do think it kind of applies. So you've got that going on. You've got Kyrie. If you're KD... What what are you saying to Katie right now? Josh, you give pep talks on Twitter all the time. So what is the pep talk you give to Katie?
1: Say, look, okay. So he's in a tough spot right now. This is like Kevin Durant is like the, the designated driver of the Brooklyn Nets where there's just so much that he has to corral, right? Like it's not that Kyrie Irving or James Harden is a bad person, but they're just in a state of uh, difficult you know, being a little bit unwieldy (laughs) as a, as a colleague, right. It's the work party. You agreed to drive home and, uh, and you've got to kind of corral your two friends towards a common goal of like calming everything down. And so Kevin Durant, I think like you have a great relationship with both of these star players. The, The team is in, um, what I as a Boston Celtics fan will, uh, arrogantly call free fall at the moment because it makes me happy to say that. Um, Not that, but this is all happening while you possibly the greatest living basketball player, definitely top five are injured. So when you come back, you will be the stabilizing force that, that will bring James Harden and Kyrie Irving's immense talent and um, erratic dedication to the sport of basketball. Uh, into focus and will will bring them to their their most successful the 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 highest level of achieving their potential. That's what I'll say to Kevin Durant.
0: I think that that's exactly what he needs to hear. Yeah. Um, because there's if I'm him, I'm really upset right now. Yeah, which puts you in the toughest spot yet because you're not even the one threatening to leave
1: right. and he's there's nothing he can do right now. You know what I mean. The best thing he can do right now is be like, "Hey guys, knock it off!" <laughs> like, what's he gonna do? While he while exactly he's and I'm this yeah, there's, lo- there's oh.
0: a lot of issues.
1: Yes, no, go ahead. And I'm not rooting for injury. That feels um, that's malicious and cold. And these are human beings with with human bodies. But I am. uh rooting for chaos i love like people were so quick to be like oh the celtics fleeced the nets and that paul pierce kevin garnett trade and look how great the nets are they're the next super team and so just out of pure new england spite i'm rooting for Kyrie to be like i play one game out of 10 because of numerology or something and for james harden to be like um yeah, on on defense I wave my beard at the opposing point guard and that's as much resistance as I'll offer and that's what I want to see. Um but I do think they're so talented that um that like Kevin Garnett's presence will bring things back uh, basketball wise under control.
0: I hope so because if not this would be I am I'm trying to think of a more talented team that did not win. Yeah. It's not like they don't exist in basketball and especially at sports at large, but at their peaks and they are all or can be, you know, at their peak. Yeah. Um, this season, even after Katie came back from a horrific injury um, to return to basketball, I cannot imagine them not winning at all. I know from a theoretical standpoint, but from a very literal standpoint, I I just do not see it. This is a lot of chaos. This is a lot of like we're getting articles about James Harden wants out and then we're in February. We haven't gotten to the all-star break yet. Um, You need some kind of grace to let KD or whichever net is injured um, at the moment come back from it. The Joe Harris stuff just adds on to everything. It's really, really not looking good for them right now.
1: No. And, and I'm, I'm worried they'll turn it around because it is like, oh, James Harden remembers that he likes playing next to Kevin Durant and Kyrie is on fire on the road. And like, I can imagine it turning around, but if you've watched them in 2022, you're like, oh, I can also imagine it not turning around. Um, And, and that's kind of where I like to let my imagination linger. (laughs) just again out of just pure old-fashioned spite uh which i think is it feels very it's like a fun sports feeling i haven't felt like a good sports spite in a long time and this and and i don't wish kyrie irving the person harm or ill i actually really love watching him play basketball and i and i don't demand that he that he like uh you know, I think people really like to get on him about like, oh, you owe this to the team. It's like, I don't know, whatever. If they're going to keep paying him, um, let him do whatever. I do think, you know, I think people getting vaccinated is good. But generally, you know, when he takes a month and is like, I'm, I need this personal time. It's like, hell yeah, man, take the PTO. Let- set an example for workers across America and the world. But in, <laughs> in this case, I do think you should get vaccinated and still just take off half the games. That would be very funny to me. <laughs> I was
0: going to say, yeah, the numerology thing would be really funny if he got vaccinated and he was like, okay, I'm vaccinated and I'm available for all of them, but I'm only going to play one in 10. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, you know, a tenth of the games, it just feels like kind of karmically, cosmically what I want to do. Um, it's just, you know, I, I know that this is this is a podcast that likes to put basketball, like to to talk about where basketball kind of intersects with the kind of um spiritual and mystical and so i think just him being like yeah i'm my saturn return has started and i've got to explore other parts of my life right now and i would love that i think that would be just a great way for the nets to be bad without anyone being physically hurt
0: um you know how they'll you know like and basketball reporters god bless them will Whenever a basketball player is into something else, then they will have to report on that. So sports reporters have to stretch into something else yeah. like crypto or when we had mm-hmm. top shot. And, uh, when we had like, I think that's over. Right. Rip. I hope so. I haven't heard about it in a while. Um, one at a time guys,
1: <laughs> taking I know. down all
0: the NFTs and everything one at a time. Um, but I love when they have to cross over and do other reporting. And if Kyrie were to somehow, Get sports reporters to have to know the ins and outs of like astrolog- ast- astrological compatibilities, yeah. dates, and times. I would love that.
1: I honestly, I feel like that this is hero. the moment there would be no. Uh, clearer sign of like the ascendance of Haley O'Shaughnessy as a media I figure just, and a basketball a necessary voice in basketball than like then NBA players getting like really into astrology
0: I'm working on it I'm working on it you saw the the KG tweet the other day where he was talking about him being a Taurus influenced him <laughs> a lot um we trust me, my whole life has been pointed toward it. Um this podcast is but a facade. So mm-hmm. and also a vehicle. Um <laughs> it's so, a facade yeah. this is like I'm like doing money laundering, but this podcast is where it is the laundromat that oh, never does any service. This
1: is like an astrology op, like an astrology <laughs> psy op under the guise of basketball. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Harry is just now finding out that he's a fake employee. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) This
1: This is is actually
0: just a cover.
1: This is like the movie Argo. Like this is just all for show for a greater purpose.
0: Yes. This is the Ozarks and um, you are the guy working the front desk Mm -hmm. at the, what's that hotel called? The Sleazy O? The Lazy O? You're the Lazy O. You guys don't watch Ozarks?
1: No. Is it good? Should I watch it?
0: I don't know. Do you like have a lot of time for stressful stuff? I mean, it's so stressful. I recommended it to my aunt and uncle. Um, and what, for what to watch people be stressed out? I mean, I'm tense watching it.
1: It takes me so it's much kind to of, watch a tense TV show week to week. J-
0: yeah. I'm, I'm like that with sports and I'm like that with TV. Last night we were watching Euphoria. I was watching it with my friend Zach and, uh, I'm not going to spoil anything, but there's, obviously tense situations there and i just get up and i'll start saying like no don't do that and i'll just like walk in the kitchen and then i'll be like <laughs> Have, are they done with it yet and i do that with sports a lot too if it's a team i really care about or a game i really care about louisville games
1: you gotta walk i out of the room. am
0: just I'll, I'll walk out i'll walk right back in
1: and the then eyes, if they, ca- they you know, ca- cover the eyes well if they start playing well when you're out of the room do you stay out of the room
0: I
2: stay out of the room.
1: That's like Zendaya staying sober and you're like, "Oh, I can't cuz she's gonna <laughs> she's gonna buy a bunch of drugs if I come back into the living room on, on euphoria." Yeah, I'm
2: gonna stay out of the
1: room. <laughs> I'm gonna jinx Zendaya.
0: For her yeah, for her sobriety. Um yeah, exactly. No, I'm it's hard for me to do that. So Ozark is the same, but mm-hmm. I would recommend Ozark if nothing else and for the actress who plays Ruth.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There's like four or five seasons now. It's if you guys have time you know, I don't know. I'll check it out.
1: I've got, I mean. What
0: would give you time now that we've figured out how to do everything from home? If you're sick, you're probably still going to work. So, like, I don't know how you'd get the time.
1: Right. Um, It's all someone else's time now.
0: It's all on someone else's time now. Yeah. Wink, wink, Harry. Um, <laughs> watch Ozark. He's watching Ozark right now. <laughs> He's watching Ozarks right now. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I still want to talk about the Nets. Yes. Well, Actually, you know what I want to do? I think it would be fun since you gave KD a pep talk. Sure. So, if you don't follow Josh on Twitter, you should because it's it's actually very fun to follow you on Twitter. Oh, thank you. Um because you give so many good recommendations and you also have very funny jokes, you're a comedian that makes sense <laughs> and you give pep talks all the time that I like to just read through. Um so you'll say something like I'm here for 5 minutes if and- it's Five minutes, if anyone needs a pep talk. First of all, how did that start? Well, actually, first of all, one a yes. What's your Twitter name? At I mean, Josh Gonsalman, G O N
1: D E L Man. Just me, and and how did it start? Is the other interesting
0: question. choice to put "man" in your username? <laughs> in Look, your last name, I know it's kind 2022,
1: and it is it's it's fraught. <laughs> you know, I understand gender is a social construct, um, but. It's it's you know I I had to, I I went with the classic which was my actual last name <laughs> and I'm, I'm sorry gonna if-
0: start a uh, change.org to make you change your last name <laughs> to Josh
1: Gondolwoman <laughs> um, just just for equality it would be so confusing to people <laughs> Josh it's actually you know I was toying with Josh Freedom um, but then someone did that <laughs> <laughs> um but the um. But yes, I started in 2013. I was just in kind of like a a rough career place where I thought some good things were going to happen and then they didn't. And then uh, I had this gig booked in Connecticut that I was like, well, at least I can go do stand-up tonight. And then the the producer emailed me the morning of and was like, "Uh, there's a bunch of padlocks on the door to the venue, so I don't think we can have a show. And I was just like this can nothing go right. And so I just thought I was feeling kind of rough that night, but I like deep down knew that like, this couldn't just continue forever. And I, I was like, it would be nice if someone would tell me that, but like, I know it enough, but what I'll do is offer to tell other people that, and that will like, kind of remind me that things don't always have to be as bad as they are now. And so that's how it started. This is like, I guess this was about eight and a half Years ago, I've been I, that's how long I've been doing it. Um, and that's the genesis of it. And I'll do it like pretty, you know. Um, now it happens more like when I'm on the road doing stand up, which has been pretty infrequent lately. And like on nights where my wife goes to bed very early with the dog and I'm just up, like you know, I like watched a Celtics game or something and they it went to overtime. And now I'm like, I can't sleep, I'm too jacked up from sports. <laughs> <laughs> like I like no money on it, but I have like the stress level of Adam Sandler from Uncut Gems somehow. Still, <laughs> um, the and,
0: stakes are over. Yes, yeah, 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 <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> and um, and so that's when I'll do it on Twitter, and I'll do it for about five minutes, but okay. I'll keep going until usually until I finish all the requests I got. Because I feel like if someone reaches out to a stranger and is like, "Please tell me a kind word," it's because they like really would like to hear something kind.
0: My goal is to one day catch you while you're doing it because I always catch them like two hours after.
1: Well, I always tell friends like any – you can reach out anytime, especially especially a friend. But if a random person also did, I would be like, well, what am I going to do? Like, Fuck off. I'm off the clock, dickhead. (laughs) 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 I'm only going to give you an anti-pep talk. (laughs) Put on your heaviest shoes and walk into the sea.
0: What were the what were the career things that didn't work out? I mean, it's 2013. Can you talk about? Yeah, that Yeah,
1: I mean, I had I had booked a uh, a late night spot, like on a, a late night stand up spot on a show, mm-hmm. and I got bumped from it, and I was like, oh, this is going to be the thing. And like in retrospect, it wouldn't have been like the thing that made everything else okay. It like almost never is. You know what I mean? Like the mm-hmm. thing you're like, this is going to be whether it's like a a gig or you're just like this new jacket is going to turn everything around for me. <laughs> and, yeah. And everything is just like a little bit better if it's better. Um, and so that, that kind of that I got bumped from that and then it didn't end up happening. And like, I, sold uh, a short humor piece to the New Yorker. It was like my first thing that I'd sold them. And then they like an editor up the chain squashed it. And I was like, Oh no. And so all this just little stuff. And I kind of felt like 2013 was this year that I'd been applying to writing jobs and felt like, I was on the outside and just was like, okay, I have this opportunity to apply for these jobs and write the submission material, and it's just not happening. And I, oh, and then I watched the movie Inside Llewyn Davis um, with Oscar Isaac, and I was like, oh, oh yeah, I know it—a movie about a guy who's like kind of talented but mostly an asshole who ruins the lives of the people around him. I was like, that's what I am. I'm that. And so I was just in like a pretty bad headspace, thanks to the Coen Brothers and Oscar Isaac. Uh, and to a lesser extent Adam Driver and Justin Timberlake. Um and and so I was like feeling- <laughs> Well we're all
0: we're all in a worse mind space thanks to Justin Timberlake. So.
1: That's true. He does he'll, he'll do it to you. you. Um, but yeah, so that's where I was. I just kind of was I remember watching that movie and and thinking, "Oh, that's who I am. I'm the guy that's almost good enough." And uh and then now I've gone from that to being the guy who's generally overrated, which I will tell you pays better and is more fun.
0: You're not, you're not overrated, but
1: <laughs> Thank you. I was me. not fishing. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, oh, well, that's that's amazing. Yeah. It was like, that was like the, the, so that was the end of 2013. And then in 2014, at the beginning of the year, I got hired for my first full-time TV gig at doing the social and digital for last week tonight and eventually writing for the show. And so like, I was like two months away from career stuff, kind of turning around in a really big way, but you don't Mm -hmm. know that like, Hey, just hang on two months and it'll feel a lot better. You're just like, Oh, I'm in the midst of Infinity months of things going not the way I want, or like the beginning, you know, uh, the things have been going wrong for three months, they'll continue indefinitely, as far as I know, which is how I imagine it feels to be rooting for the Brooklyn Nets at this point. (laughs) Wow, great. (laughs) That's a
0: big loop,
1: but we made it, we made it back around. (laughs) Yeah, that's why they call me the general.
0: That's so funny. In the moment, you always feel like everything is going to go wrong forever. I mean, and I'm really, really prone to that. It could be anything. It could be like my stomach's hurting. It's going to hurt forever. Like I'm just so <laughs> subject to thinking things like that. And there are times where I actively have to tell myself, "You cannot watch this thing. Like you cannot." Because the if I had seen inside Llewellyn Davis under those circumstances, I would have absolutely taken it the ro- the same way. Yeah. The first time I saw it, I was on a date, and Bad date uh, movie. I just remember thinking, rough date movie. And I just remember being like, you know, and then lo- watching the TV and then looking at him and being like, is this right? You know what I mean? Because it's yeah. such a bummer. Like, the movie's such a bummer.
1: We it's such a bummer. I'm not the- going to
0: lie. We broke up, like, a couple, two months after that.
1: Yeah. I I was also so- in a relationship that ended two months after watching Inside Blue and Davis.
0: Damn! So you also so three months from success, and then there's a month gap where you also are are uh, at the end of a relationship.
1: Yeah, it was tough, and it, with a, with really a very great person that was just mm-hmm. like this was the the ending part of the relationship, which is a hard part. Um, and yes, uh, What was I going to say? Shoot, and simultaneously, one of the that's okay. I was thinking
0: I, it's nice that you. What'd you say?
1: I said a rough date movie though for sure.
0: Really rough date oh. movie. I mean for me it was more about like is this is the vibes of the movie were so bad that I was kind of thinking like are the vibes of this relationship yes. bad? I have a I have a habit of doing things like that. Like we'll go on I'll have a great you know, beer when we're out together, I'm like, wow, this relationship's great. But if the beer sucks, maybe I'm like, <laughs> is it? You know what I mean? I just have a way of like projecting how everything's going on to is the relationship. Totally.
1: Going like, well? I, can't believe, yeah. I can't believe I ordered this relationship when there's this much better one on the <laughs> menu.
0: <laughs> My decision making's always bad. Like, I mm-hmm. hesitate picking between two. Yeah.
1: When you were um, saying anyway. that when, you, when things are bad, you always think they're going to be bad. I just two days ago remembered that winter ends. <laughs> like, I was yeah. I was walking down the street in Brooklyn. I was like, it's so cold. And I guess it's just always cold. And then I was like, wait a minute. No, there's summer and spring. And I was like, thank goodness. Because I, I was truly not in a mental space where I remembered the other seasons. That is like the winter New York feels like it will last forever because there's no, it just kind of goes until it's done. Um, thanks to climate change. <laughs> And, and it's like it's so demoralizing.
0: It really is. I actually, when I landed in LA after being back in Kentucky for a while, I was so excited because I knew it was going to be warm and it wasn't. It was freezing and I had a real moment of like, wow, it's just not warm anywhere right now, but here we are. <laughs> it's warm. It's sunny. I just took a walk on the beach. Amazing. Um, I'm telling you from the other side that it's going to, yeah, it ends. Thank you. Or at least it ends over here. I don't know. About <laughs> no, it's going to stay actually.
1: winter forever in New York now.
2: <laughs> when your business is starting its championship run, nothing matters more than finding and hiring the best team. With Indeed, you have the power to build a dynasty by hiring more MVPs faster. Start hiring right now with the $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job posts at Indeed.com spinsters. Offer valid through March 31st. If you're hiring, you need Indeed because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. And Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applicants that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. Go to Indeed.com spinsters to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. No matter how the last game went, anytime you take the field, you got a shot at greatness. Give your team the best shot at winning by recruiting more MVPs with Indeed. Indeed.com slash spinsters. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire, you need Indeed.
0: Um, anyway, the pep talk thing. Yes. I think we should do that with all the Eastern Conference teams that might need it.
1: Let's do it. I'm ready, okay.
0: So, should we go down the order of the standings or should we do your Celtics first and then move on to the other ones?
1: I let's let's do the Celtics first. Um,
0: okay, let's do the Celtics. So, I don't know if you want to address this to one person on the Celtics or the entire Celtics. I think this one you'd probably know better than me.
1: I'm gonna go okay. I'm gonna this is for Jason Tatum because I think when he he he's been having a down year in terms of shooting. And he earlier in the season, especially when the team was not winning very much, he said like, you know, it really feels bad to not be playing up to your standards and to have people bringing it up. Um, Jason Tatum also just named an all-star starter in place of the injured Kevin Durant. So Jason Tatum, like, like Haley and I were just talking about when things are bad, it feels like they're going to be bad forever. Right. Every time you miss a shot, you as a professional athlete have to think the next one's going in. But I'm sure it feels like I will never hit a three pointer again. I'm sure that there's that doubt within you at at the lowest moments. And I'm here to say this is the upswing has begun. The team is healthy, they're playing cohesively. Your defense remains underrated, and the shot will come around. And You have teammates to pick you up when you're not shooting your best, right? Marcus Smart, playing great. Josh Richardson, other than an 0 for 8 in the previous game, playing great. Um, Jalen Brown, of course. Robert Williams. You've got teammates that can pick you up when you're not scoring. And your facilitation of other players and your playmaking is so much better. And I think the national media will come around and appreciate it. And this all-star starting point is a, a starting slot. Is where this begins. the The next, the first day of the rest of your career is now.
0: That's beautiful. Thank you. That I mean, yeah. Look at you, Jalen Brown. You're on the same level as Andrew Wiggins. You know, <laughs> There's so much to look up. How to. dare
1: you? <laughs> J- Jason Tatum did it on his own without <laughs> the help of K-pop. All it took was one of the greatest. Without bas- the help of K-pop, <laughs> all it took is one of the greatest basketball players of all time. Uh, being injured and unable to play and get well soon Katie. Yes. of course
0: get well soon Katie. of course um, okay so let's go to I don't actually think the Heat need a pep talk I think no, your resources could be used elsewhere I don't want to be all like you never know what someone else is going through mm-hmm. but <laughs> right, um, right, right,
1: check in on your Heat culture friends
0: <laughs> yeah check in on your Heat culture friends um, but we're not going to do that right now I also think that the Bulls, despite Caruso, um... mm-hmm.
1: I think I think so too. I think the Bulls—they're in a great place. They're still playing really well despite their injured players. I think they're—I think they're thriving. I feel like the Bulls are are you know they must feel like they have a great deal of fortitude and resilience right now.
0: Yes. Now do I think we might need to phone you in the second round <laughs> yeah. and play the pep talk? Yeah. Yes. Um but for right now I think that they are totally fine. Okay, the Bucks. Um sure. I think that the Bucks are in a really interesting position right now um where I am trying to think of a time that a team has been so overlooked I guess or maybe just kind of middle child type thing where it's like you've behaved so well um, that we kind of just, you know, nobody else is really talking about you at the moment. <laughs> I love that the, the um, Bucks is
1: the middle child of the Eastern Conference. They're like, we know you I won mean, that's straight kind A's. Of what they- <laughs> you won straight A's in last year's championship. You're fine.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, how do you feel about the Bucks right now? I think,
1: I think you're exactly right. I think that there were Giannis one two MVPs and then and they had two great regular seasons and then the team had us he didn't win MVP last year and there was a slight dip in the regular season it seemed like in their record at least and then they won the championship and I think like the Bucks are so easy to overlook and underestimate but what they have in their corner is a, a, a very good roster still and a guy that scored 50 points in a closeout game last year. It just doesn't make sense. Like I know people say this about, you know, uh, LeBron James a lot. Like as long as LeBron's on the other team, then you can't count them out. And I feel like Giannis is in that zone now where he's such a great player on both sides of the ball that like hey people are overlooking you the milwaukee bucks but that's not your problem my i guess this is my friend told me this was like an aa thing i'm not going to tell you who it was because of obvious reasons um the second a um but (laughs) uh that what other people think of you is none of your business and that's a pep talk for the bucks
0: that is a yes that is a good pep talk for them um Okay, so then, do you want to give the Bucks a pep talk about like staying, um, staying the course, yeah. and and continuing on despite so. Maybe you've got to do the you, Nets dominating all the conversation and the odds. You've
1: got to do what what the Milwaukee Bucks do, you know. And I don't. I think like you'll come around. You you've got a great team um and it doesn't matter it it's a blessing that no one's talking about you that no one's talking about one of your best players wanting to go to to Philadelphia um as many people from Brooklyn did during this pandemic um it doesn't it doesn't matter that that people are talking about how great the heat are when it, when when the the rubber meets the road you're the Milwaukee Bucks and and you just have to do you have to do what's in your heart and in your game plan and um, Coach uh, Budenholzer has to continue letting Giannis play most of the game <laughs> and not making him sit down in case he gets tired.
0: Yes, as, as Budenholzer does. Um, number four is the Cavs. I think that um, if anything, the Cavs could use a, a pep talk on not being c- counted out. What do you? Yeah. Think? I was honestly, I just love watching the Cavs. Like as long as they want to go, yeah, they can go. If I was going to pick a team to kind of shock um, everybody else uh, in terms of how far they go in the playoffs, I would pick the Cavs. I think even above the Grizzlies, which is not me saying that they won't get to the same point in their respective conferences, but I just. There's something about the Cavs that I really like for longevity. People
1: weren't ready. I wasn't ready for how good the Cavs are, how well the Cavs are playing this season, right? I think with the Grizzlies, they're playing like, they've been really thriving at a level that people didn't expect. But then everyone's like, oh, John Morant has taken it to the next level. With the Cavs, everyone's like, wait a minute, Jared Allen is like... A great center, and Evan Mobley looks like he's been in the league for three years. And Darius Garland, despite uh, despite no the the breakup, the injury fueled breakup of Sex Land, is playing incredibly. And I think just like all that, it all kind of hit at once in a way that like the Grizzlies were, were about, are about like team cohesiveness, and and John Morant's leap to the the next level of superstardom rather than like. Three or four different guys being like, Oh, you're way better than people thought. And then the, right. the team's playing great defense. The fit is better. Like everyone was like, How are these guys all going to play together? And then they were like, Uh, actually awesome. <laughs> so I think like you, the Cavs, even if it doesn't get better than this, like even if you don't win the championship this year, um, you know even if it doesn't keep ascending now you are you are playing with house money so enjoy mm-hmm. where you are and keep keep pushing and don't worry about like pressing to be a team that you're not you're like mowing down opponents you're playing outrageous defense and uh and, and no, nobody thought this was going to happen but even and maybe especially people from Cleveland
0: yes absolutely um, and also enjoy Karis Levert.
1: Yeah, this is, this is going to be a fun team and going to continue this will to be, be a fun really team. fun team.
0: Um, okay. Next up we have the 76ers. Um, I actually can't think of anything wrong with that. Scene right now, or, like, tension. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I mean, this is the ultimate team that deserves a, a kind of a pat on the back for like, you had a big Right. You had two superstars. And and then the team went, no, we'll do it with one. (laughs) And like they're playing this team feels somehow more steady and less volatile than when they had two all star players. Right. Because the identity is so clear. It's just like Joel Embiid is the guy that, that people from Philadelphia said he was for the last eight years or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people, when when Philadelphia fans were like, I'd rather have Joel Embiid in a full body cast than any other roster in the Eastern <laughs> Conference. I, I don't think they were right then. But I do think he's transformed into their best hopes and highest um, accolades for him. And I think that it rules to watch him do that.
0: I know. He's really easy to cheer for. Um, and I don't think that anyone is without fault in the Sixers situation, but I don't think anyone's also without grace. I mean, it's just a really odd, um, tense work environment that feels like it crossed over too much into interpersonal relationships, totally. but that's just what happens. And the maintenance of those also happens at work. So, um, again, I don't want to blame anyone for, Fully, I think it's all spread a little bit, but I also think Embiid deserves a lot of grace in this situation. Uh, I also think Ben does, which one time got me. Oh, God. Sixers fans are so tough. I agree, though. I don't think like... So tough. Like instant delete. Like I tweet it. 10 quote tweets. It's been 20 seconds. (laughs) You know? You just got (laughs) to... Goodbye. I
1: like I don't I understand why Philadelphia 76er fans would not have many kind words to say about Ben Simmons but I have a Ben Simmons pep talk too. It's like oh hey bud okay things you are at the low point things are going to get better for you. I can't imagine a weirder basketball fate than he than being me, being known for not dunking think about that's the most memorable not dunk in nba history right against the hawks last year there have been more memorable blocked dunks um but no more memorable guy just choosing not to dunk and i think once you get back out in the court you the expectations are not where they once were for your game and i think you're gonna surprise some people ben simmons and i think you're gonna uh you're gonna really continue making a name for yourself in, in this game of basketball <laughs>
0: in a good way this time in a good way this time
1: because that is it's like i truly can't think of a a guy not shooting a ball that has gotten more attention
0: no i never can either because um everything that players usually get flack for on the court is done with the hopes of winning or beating your opponent Mm -hmm. so let's say it's like a huge fight or something really aggressive or you know the most famous things in history um Someone punched someone else in the face. It's be- it's the opponent. Sometimes it's your own teammate. Mm-hmm. But even that is not quite to the level of like the point of this game is to win. Yes, And to win, you put the ball in the basket. And when you have a clear way, that is exactly what you do. And that was passed up on. I think that is truly one of the most unique things a person can be criticized before- for because it just doesn't happen.
1: And I think even if he wasn't playing, like even just – from like just on the street if he punched a guy in the face that would only be helpful for him with the people of philadelphia
0: yeah <laughs> maybe like there 100%. he is showing
1: some fight out there <laughs> and-
0: i mean it is really weird if you think about it like i was just reading um and we had chris herring on uh blood in the garden and they were talking about john stark's game where he went you know the famous game i don't even remember the line because i feel like every time i say it aloud it's hyperbolic Mm -hmm. because it's just my memory being like it couldn't have been that bad but it was like (laughs) one for 17 or something having a terrible line not being able to shoot is so different from just not doing the thing yeah and it is Ultimately, I mean, this has been that is like a cul- the culmination, that's the tipping point of this whole thing where it's like he just would not shoot. Yeah. And it ended up in that moment, you know, not being so much shooting is just finishing, but um But it's it's like What a unique thing to plague a person. Cuz you see, you know to have a reputation about.
1: It's so interesting cuz you think about the offen- or the defensive business decision, right? The idea of like not getting dunked on and you kind of go like well, he could have tried a little hard, but you get, like, not wanting to, like, lay your body out and, and mm-hmm. get crushed to the ground by some, by someone dunking super hard or whatever. But this is, like, the first offensive business decision that I can imagine, where he's just, like, I don't want the grief that comes from me missing this shot. And, like, that's I, – I understand the frustration with the, the – by the fans, but, like, I don't think – I don't think this is, like, terminal for his career, or at least I hope it's not.
0: I don't think it is either. We definitely have a uh, habit as fans of doing the thing. I was just talking about like, oh, my stomach's going to hurt forever. Yeah. This, you know, this player thing is going to hurt forever. This player is going to be bad forever. This Chris Paul contract is going to be bad forever. This, you know, Russell Westbrook contract's going to be bad forever. which I don't know. Maybe it might be, <laughs> but we have this habit of thinking like things are always going to be this way. Yeah. That's why I a little bit want to just dial back on the, the Harden stuff, you know, I've heard some really, really wild things said, like he's, he's in the beginning of his decline and in a couple years he's going to be, have you heard this?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That There's he's like comps. not. I've heard, yeah, I heard, he- I,
0: heard a, I heard a Russ comp on the low post, um, mm-hmm. not by Zach, I forget who was on it, but he said that he thinks he's going to be, he's Russ with a shot like in a couple years. I heard
1: that, and, but that's, and Zach said, I think very astutely. Uh, he did, astutely, yeah. Russ with a shot is a very good NBA player. He's a
0: great player, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but still it's kind of like the just putting him in that category sure. of if you're comparing someone to Russ right now, um you're saying that he he is not useful. You know, yep. and, and the idea of Harden not being useful is just hilarious to me because he is so he's such a good shooter. Um
1: such a good shooter, such he, a crafty offensive player. And and a great passer. Smart,
0: can drive. Yeah. It's it's can compa- you know, such a good passer. There's just a lot of things to him that are that's an interesting comparison to me. But I don't think this hardened stage is gonna be forever. Yeah. I agree. Um, but I also don't know where it's gonna be next. I could see this kind of petering out just after the way it was in Houston. He flat out refused to do anything. Um, it wasn't like Ben Simmons where Ben Simmons is like, I'm actually just gonna forfeit a check. Yeah. Because I don't want to play with you guys. Which honestly, I like to. If you take away all the names, you take away the job, you take away the fact that it's Philadelphia and the Sixers and basketball. I'm just like, that's that's kind of cool. But
1: I was talking about this with um, Jason Concepcion of the idea of being like, I'm gonna just let 19 million dollars like fly from my bank account is like kind of a flex.
0: Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, exactly.
1: She's like, I don't care. It's like, um, he like, it's like making it rain without the cleanup. (laughs) You know, like the dollar bills aren't on the ground. It's just a a bank transfer that doesn't happen.
0: We did the Cavs. We did the Sixers. Well, we did the Sixers, sort of. You gave a pep talk to Ben Simmons, which I think is honestly, he's the person who needs it the most. So, next in the rankings is the Raptors. And then after that, we have the Nets and the Celtics, just so everyone can remember that the Nets are seventh in the East. Um, that we are not even yet to the all-star break and that there is a play in game. Yep. Um, yep. So,
1: yeah, I think the, the Raptors, I'll give the same pep talk to the Raptors and then the Hawks who are the team. They're a little lower mm-hmm. down. They're right after this kind of clump of three, right? They're 10th now. No,
0: the Hawks are, t- well, the Hawks are 10th. It goes the Raptors, Nets, Celtics, Hornets, Hornets. And I'm then forgetting the Hawks. Hornets,
1: but the, the, the Raptors and the Hawks, I think deserve the same pep talk, which is like you, you've been here before. You're good. You had a bad stretch. And now you're doing that thing. The Raptors specifically are doing the thing the Raptors always do where it's like, how are they winning all these games? What the hell? And Raptors fans are like, this is Raptors basketball. And everyone in (laughs) the United States of America is like, what does that mean? And that's where we are. We're at that part of the season where the Raptors take a bunch of good players that you go, oh yeah, sure, they're probably fine, and then they just win a bunch of games because they're good at playing basketball together. And there's there's nothing that infuriates other teams more than when that happens to them.
0: Yes, exactly. Um, Raptors. <laughs> this is Raptors basketball. This is Toronto. Yeah, we the north. Um, Did, oh, we just, the north. What does
1: geography have to do with this? <laughs> <laughs>
0: The whole relationship, like I just think it's funny that thing. Yes. you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is every Raptors fan. Yep. I just think it's funny that now people know Lowry exists. <laughs> Are they wrong? That's
1: so funny. Not always. Yeah. Yep. That's that's. Perfect. I
0: think. I think we have time for one more. We could go either the Hornets, Wizards. Why didn't we start here? Okay. The, the Hornets, I don't think they've lost four. I actually don't think they need a pep talk as much as the wizards. Yeah. Knicks or Pacers do. Um, I've got one for the, the Knicks. Pistons and Mag- magic. I think they're just chilling, you know, doing yep. what they want to do, which is totally fine. Um, I've got one for the, they Knicks. really don't have the same amount of pressure.
1: No, I think Pacers at this moment, it seems like they've moved into a phase of the acceptance phase of NBA season grief, um, where they yeah. just know this is what it's going to be um this season and the wizards i think are in a tough spot but i i work with a lot of knicks fans there are a lot of knicks fans very close to my heart um and so i'm gonna give a pep talk to the knicks i think for the last one um which is things seem bleak now sure but that can turn around so quickly right like remember last year when the knicks were slightly better And everyone in New York was acting like they were constantly on ecstasy. They were so happy. Like everybody loves to hype up their hometown team. And in New York City, even the smallest glimmer of hype gets 8 million people rooting for you, including the Nets fans. So keep your heads high. And remember that all it will take is one 30-point game from Emmanuel quickly for people to just start screaming bing bong at strangers on the street again. The Knicks are so, so little hope goes such a long way with the next
0: wonderful and i would add to that pep talk maybe switch to tablets instead of laptops um (laughs) just for all future julius randall interactions because he really only pushed that he almost pushed that thing out of that guy's hands Mm -hmm. um that was wonderful and also i guess mine wasn't a pep talk it was more like a little bit of advice advice, yeah
1: just just some 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 sound advice just Um,
0: a little bit of advice yeah
1: but I think they need it, because I do think that, that Knicks fans are feeling it hard at this point in the season.
0: I mean, you obviously, you consume a lot of Knicks. You're in New York. Um, this doesn't actually feel like a turnaround type of situation. This feels like this is the team yeah, um, for this year, for me, for the Knicks. Do you see anything different, like being... I- uh, around a bunch of optimistic Knicks fan because Knicks fans can turn they're like hottest to coldest in terms of optimism I think that they can really convince themselves of anything whether it be that Tom Thibodeau needs to be exiled yes to Paraguay or that actually the season's going to be okay because like you said quickly scores like 20
1: points. and they're just like he's the future all-star starter Emmanuel quickly Quentin Grimes mm-hmm. all-star reserve like so I do think I I don't think that this team is like especially elegantly constructed from a roster standpoint. And I think like they kind of sacrificed some of the defense from last year for some offense that hasn't quite panned out the way they'd hoped um, by, you know, acquiring the Celtics backcourt from last year that played, had a pretty rough season last year. Um, health stuff, obviously, but like, you know, um, but I also, and Julius Randall kind of being not quite up to the Julius Randall of last year. So I do think this is kind of the team that we've got this year. I don't think they're in a hopeless, like the Knicks, Knicks fans, I think are used to being in a situation where they like sign a guy for like, 11 years for $700 million. Like they're signing against a baseball contract still somehow. And and then they're just like, well, I guess this guy is our franchise cornerstone until 2050 when the C's uh, subsume Manhattan into them. But I think this team is like, they're not hopeless in the long run. They have some good players that going, that can, take steps forward going forward. And, and so I don't think this team is going to like catch fire and make a deep playoff run this year, but like they do have exciting players to watch and, and they're not like in salary cap purgatory indefinitely. So mm-hmm. like, I I think like Knicks fans uh, and I, I admire this will any, any step forward. And they're just like, we just won the marathon. <laughs> like, this is it. This is what we were waiting for. And so, and I respect that so much to like go, go from like despair to total hubris over a weekend. That's like all I want is the ability to do that, to go from like, it will never be winter or excuse me, to go from it will be winter forever to it's already summer and it will be forever. <laughs> That's like the dream psychologically. So like. I, I love and admire Knicks fans for that. And I think that they are well-situated to appreciate this team and, and its eventual forward progress.
0: Yes, I agree. Um, I also, they remind me of a friend. I a, like a friend. I mean, there's this guy who I went to elementary school with. I don't keep in touch with him anymore. I don't know where he is. He might be a Knicks fan. There's this and nine-year-old we, every that every time, I used to know. Every time in gym class, what was his name, Zach? Shout out to Zach. What was his I can't remember. Um, Zach, I probably shouldn't say it anyway because of the story I'm about to tell. Zach used to... We would run the mile every day in middle school, right? And not every day. That sounds very militant. We'd run it like once a month just for clarification. I think you guys should check on that school I went to in Indiana for other reasons, but not for the mile. So we, every day in gym, every month in gym class when when we'd run the mile he would out of the gate sprint (laughs) as fast as he could. Like just literally, he's going so fast. He's leaving all of us behind. I, you know, I'm a slow and steadier, not slow and steady. I'm like a steady person when you run a lot, you know, a couple people start super slow, whatever. He would just go so fast. And then he's rounding 100, the 200, 300 before he even got to the end of the lap. He stops and he walks, right? (laughs) And that was it. And then he walks and then one more time he'd sprint as fast as he could. He'd make it maybe like half a lap. Vin Diesel. To me, that is the temperament of Nick's. Absolutely In terms of like their hope and despair. In The Fast and the
1: Furious, Vin Diesel said that he lives his life a quarter mile at a time, right? Talking about street racing. This child embodied that philosophy so thoroughly, and I take my hat off to him. Respect to Zach yeah. <laughs> and his horrible Dad's running that. strategy.
0: I hope you never I hope you didn't grow up a Knicks fan. would <laughs> be too much. That'd be too much. You need you need some balance in your life, buddy. I hope you're good. <laughs> Okay, well thank you for coming on Josh. I appreciate I appreciate it. Thank
1: you for having me. This is so much fun. I, I um hope I was I brought enough to the table in terms of basketball knowledge and not just shouting and spite.
2: Spencer's is hosted by me, Jordan Liggins, and Haley O'Shaughnessy. This episode was produced by Isabel Joycelyn, Harry Krinsky, Alex Ward, Ashley Jow, and me. Our production coordinator is Devin Shepard, and our executive producers are Peter Moses, John Yells, and Haley.
0: Hi Jordan and Haley, it's Craig. I'm a Gemini in Oregon. I am a Blazers
1: fan, unfortunately, right now. And what I'd like to see that would make me really happy tomorrow night at the draft is if the Orlando Magic could just land a player that is really short who can shoot because
0: everybody they've had for the last five years, it feels like they just focus on length and athleticism. Like what did DJ Augustine do to that franchise to make them deserve
1: this? I don't understand. Um, yeah, so that's what we're looking for. Short and shooting draft the next Steph Curry or Trey, just do it Orlando.